Hello and welcome, folks, to another edition of RSF Radio. I'm your host, Joe Monday, and this is the podcast where we bring on guests to talk about what's been going on in the FGC, all the all the news, particularly around Street Fighter, but not always. If you were with us two weeks ago, we had uh, Lumia talking about MK. I uh, do want to give a special shout-out, before I introduce this guest, a tip of the hat and a congratulations on doing a good episode to Nogaremi and Sriracha Flash. Really, really impressed with their work, actually. Uh, it was kind of nice for me to be a just a listener last week and not a, not a host. Uh, so much appreciative of them stepping in in my absentia. Now, on to the guest. You might know him from the Utah FGC. Mark, how you doing, man? Doing good. How about you, man? I I kind of sick. Kind of not feeling okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I was totally gonna come know. in. I was gonna come in hot with like, yeah, we're feeling good, man. Like, nah, not not really. Uh, it was like it was super dusty today, and it's all in like the nose area, and my nose feels very dry, and it's not. I gotta get that. It's not good. But, <laughs> gotta get that Claritin in, man. Yeah, I was thinking about it, I, and like I have it. But, oh man, it is, it, things going up the nose, things are supposed to come out of a nose, not into <laughs> it. And all, like all of that, like, like neti pots, have you ever tried a neti pot? Oh God, I have once and I don't think I will ever want to do that ever again. It's the most unpleasant sensation ever, but the effectiveness of neti pot is like, actually really good for what it does so there's a part of me that like i have to like sometimes i know that i have to do it i know i gotta clear it out and also if you guys don't know know what we're talking about google neti pot and just look at the faces that people make (laughs) in all of the advertising it is the most robotic fuckery that is it's so off-putting it i uh, i hate every bit of it but I cannot deny the effectiveness. Um, but what I cannot deny the effectiveness is, of is the Utah FGC, which is what I want you to talk about. That's uh, why you're on the show. I know that there's a good scene in Utah. Uh, but before we really get into all of that, and probably mixed in with that, uh, anytime I have a guest on, which is every week, basically, I always ask, what are you up to? What things do you have to pitch me? What are you selling up front? Because you know you want to get that, that social stuff out of the way because people don't listen to the back end of the show. They're going to listen at the front. So what are you up to? What do you got going on? Okay, well, uh, like you said, I'm, I'm part of the Utah FGC. I'm one of the head TOs here. And uh, we have... Uh, big tournament scene here uh our our largest tournament is the salt lake skirmish we actually carry that at a boxing gym uh in the heart of salt lake yeah we have a boxing in there we have setups going on you know we have even live dj so i mean we got some we got some cool stuff going on wait you got live dj do you have setups in the ring yeah Damn. Okay. Shit. All right. That's actually pretty rad. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, looking, it's looking pretty profesh. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. So with uh, live DJ, let me ask you this, because I'm I'm kind of I'm gonna sidetrack as you're doing your bit. Uh, does the DJ play like during fights? Like during during final? What's the what's the DJ situation? I'm fascinated okay. by live music during events. So our DJ is actually one of our Street Fighter players here. Um, his name is Yucatelica, uh, and he's a he's a homie of our uh, venue owner. 
Um, I can't remember exactly who he plays in Street Fighter. I feel like it's Bison. I'm not sure. But anyway, that that's beside the point. Um, he plays during the entire tournament. So like during casuals, during, you know, finals, all that kind of stuff. He has his little uh, live mixing tables. You know, we've got vinyl, yeah. all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, we have uh, our classic club hits from the 80s, the 90s going on, but also some nice uh, fighting game related tracks as well. We had Test Your Might going on last uh, monthly. Uh, we had the Ryu theme. We had a bunch of cool stuff. But yeah. Damn, that actually sounds like a really fucking rad time. Do you, <laughs> does he have a, do you know what his at is on Twitter or if he's, he's on anything where people could reach that DJ Ooh. just for, you know what, uh, if not, if you don't have it up, just share it with me after the show, if possible, I'll put it in the show notes uh, because I heard what you said his name was, but I wouldn't be able to spell that with letters because oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of out there as far as I'm concerned, but in the meantime, though, as you look that up later on uh, after the show, what else about the Utah FGC is going on? Okay, so we also are holding bar fights. Uh, I think it's every third Thursday of the month. And okay. it's at a uh, arcade bar. It is called uh, Quarters, and it's in Salt Lake as well. Uh, yeah. Lots of great uh, machines, always kept in pristine condition, and I mean alcohol. What, 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 where can you go wrong with that? We have we have fighting games and alcohol both in one place together, so you know there's going to be crazy shit going on. We got we got our loud players, we got our soft players, and sometimes we get them mixed up between the two because everybody's just having a good time down at bar fights. So I we like have it. that going on. Um, let's see, what else do we have? I like uh, how you have your DJ at the gym instead of the bar. It just personally <laughs> from th- that to me, there's something special about that, honestly. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it, the, the gym itself is extremely spacious. Like there's plenty of area for setups and casuals and what have you. Mm-hmm. And a nice little area. We had a, a taco bar last monthly. Dang. So the owner of the venue, his girlfriend came out and was, uh, serving us up, uh, tacos and, uh, you know, we had Modelo's going on for the beer portion. We had all sorts of good stuff, but, uh, yeah, DJ, DJ only for, uh, our skirmishes, uh, bar fights, since it is an open bar for like the rest of the public as well. We don't really have as much say for that kind of stuff, but that's a good time regardless. Right. Uh, no, that's cool. All right. So at least two pretty, the, did you say those were weekly or, uh, so we have, uh, the tournaments, the skirmish itself is monthly. Uh, it's usually either at the beginning of the month or the end of the month. And for bar fights, I believe it's the third Thursday of each month. Awesome. And Uh, among like other casuals and things that we have in Provo and Ogden, Salt Lake, all sorts of things like that. That sounds like a lot of stuff going on in Utah. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, what's going on in Utah? It sounds like there's no one or anything in you. Nothing is happening <laughs> in Utah. Oh, you know, uh, there, there's definitely some, something <laughs> about that, uh, around the, around the water cooler. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely do have my share of things to say about that as well. So I'm know. sure you have opinions, but for people who aren't, so th- I have to extrapolate this a little bit for the listeners okay. at home. For people who 
might not have listened to that particular episode of that particular podcast. But <laughs> Gutex runs a podcast. Uh, it's a good show. Uh, he has Slashron and Zorin typically. But last, was it last week or the week before? Uh, no, it was last week. Because I think his show, they record on Thursday nights. Anyway, not important. Uh, I mean, that is important if you want to go check out that show. It's a good show. I, I recommend you do it. But uh, the week prior, Zorian couldn't make it. And who filled in other than a special guest other than Mike Ross? And any time that Mike Ross graces the, the fighting game community with his presence, people listen. It is, it is astounding how much star power that guy has, even years after not being accessible not being like out and about it it is to me i'm like man how do people even know who you are still like it's a whole new generation there are thousands of people who just who don't know who this person even or the, or the lore or anything that, that the happened. Lore. There's, there's there's a lot of lore involved <laughs> honestly you're not wrong there's a there's a huge long history of all that stuff but he came on the show and because people listen and because people take his word with, you know, a grain of salt, I should say, something came up on the show uh, after they talked about Gustavo winning again, uh, was that there's no one in Utah to challenge Gustavo, which I, what I'll say to that is correct. Gustavo is the best out there because he's just one of the he's one of the best players in North America, pretty like much. yeah, in North American fighting games, like in general, like he's yeah. a super talent. Not gonna try and event hubs take away the win from him, oh, G style. Okay. We got to check the player tier list now to make sure you got it in sync there. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation. Again, <laughs> not to disparage Eight Hundred One Strider's good name, uh, but. What was said on the show was ain't nothing going on. There's like what, like both of them, both everyone on that show was like, I, I can't really think of anything going on in Utah, but me, mm. I, for whatever reason, I have plugged my, I have inserted myself into a lot of community. That sounds nasty. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I should say I, I have rubbed shoulders with some of the other communities. Yes, I have. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I have sat at the same arcade. I sat at the same at the stick uh, with across the across stick. a screen oh. from. <laughs> <laughs> from players all around and Utah happens to be one of the scenes where I'm pretty familiar with a lot of the players down there. And as, as they were going on this, like that, it was kind of like a 10 minute bit of, of nothing, nothing happened. Mormon combat came out of it, which oh, God. is a good pun. Honestly, <laughs> that's off to, to, to Gutex for that one. However, I, I know that there's a lot happening there. So, I mean, as as represented from as our Utah representative on this show, uh, can you can you confirm or deny those those statements? Okay. Um, well, honestly, what they say is not. I, I don't want to say it's controversial in the least, but I also want to clarify things about it. Okay. And to do that, I kind of have to go through kind of the history of Gus and Ipru or Renzo 
uh, who are obviously our, our top players from the Street Fighter Four era, mm-hmm. to really put that into uh, clarification, I guess, you know. Right. So when Mike Ross says something along the lines of, what does Utah have except for, you know, 801 Strider and I Prue? Okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you, Mike. I love you. You're a sweetheart. And you really got like a, a, a knack for knowing, out, knowing what's going on in the scene. But you really have to take into perspective the uh, opportunities that were presented to Gus and Renzo early on in their fighting game careers. And what I mean by that <clears throat> is, and I'm sure there's many people who already know this, uh, you know, in, in any scene, honestly, the, the 801 tag isn't just a tag for Utah players in general, but specifically a tag for people who, who have been sponsored by a certain individual. Um, his name's Hadoken MD. We're just going to go by that. I don't know if he cares about his name being out in the open, but, um, <clears throat> Dr. Hadoken MD. Dr. Hadoken. There we go. <laughs> um, so he was essentially, um, at the start for street fighter four. And as our scene was starting to grow from pre street fighter four to, you know, street fighter four to post street fighter four, he was a big, 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 like impact on how we grew and the uh, methods that were available for us to play and all sorts of things like that. But uh, he took it on himself to oftentimes sponsor Gus and Renzo using the 801 tag, excuse me, um, and essentially completely pay for their way in, in every aspect for tournaments. And which is an extremely of, generous offer, honestly. Extremely generous. Andy, I, oh, excuse me. <laughs> you might have to redact that. That's okay. But uh, it, uh, Hadoken MD, uh, super generous, super great guy. Um, but he really wanted to see Gus and Renzo succeed, mm-hmm. uh, which is great, obviously. But that kind of took the, uh, the growth opportunities for other Utah players and kind of, uh, you know, pushed them off to the side, I want to say, in a little bit. Hmm. But, um, this, I believe, honestly, outside of uh, their own individual talents and learning and growing, like they're super fast at the uptake on, on picking up games, obviously, um, kind of put a big divide between them and the rest of the scene. So in that aspect, I don't think my cross is wrong in, in saying that, where are the rest of the Utah players? You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, because there was kind of a national, even on a national level, a, a divide. A lot more opportunities to play a lot different players. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the opportunities are, are way more in that situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, that that kind of affects the rest of the scene as a whole. You know, obviously, with... Uh, players who are better, it's almost a necessity for the for the younger players or the or the new school players to learn and grow from those individuals. And if we don't have that, uh, it becomes more and more difficult as the divide grows. Right. And at the beginning of the Street Fighter Four scene here, uh, that was there was no problems there, absolutely none. Gus and Renzo did a great job at uh, helping people and. Uh, teaching whatever they needed to do but as it went on and on you know 
uh, things started to get a little slower because a lot of the times there would be players who, you know, would pick things up slower or they wouldn't quite understand what was being said to them in the way of like teaching perspectives mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, it almost seemed like there was nothing coming from them outside of just going out of state and making themselves big names in tournaments. You know what I mean? Right. Hmm. So this goes into a lot of other territories of like mentalities of top players compared to low and mid tier players or, uh, getting uh let's see who can become a top player and 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 the lessons that uh sites and locations and population density could can do to affect that there's so many things that go into that right. but uh in general as much as i hate to say it mike ross is not raw okay there were there were no up and coming or at least if there were up and coming challengers it's that there was that that divide of of skill and and time to to even get to that level for for that second tier of player and right. what we're talking about is i mean shit at this point eight seven years ago mm-hmm. six years ago it's been a good while at least since 2009 maybe a little bit more um, you all right yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But, uh, sorry, one second. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so uh, there's just so much, like, different avenues that you could take to, like, really talk about this. So I was wondering if you maybe would like to kind of put your uh, your own thoughts into this as to the differences in skill gaps between top players and low and mid tier players when it comes to this kind of situation. I do have thoughts on that because it, my my opinion is this, that you'll have, ah, man, I have to kind of reel it back though, because what someone like that, what a world class player, what Mm -hmm. two world class players can bring to a community can occasionally be destructive in that especially especially to smaller communities and i'm I'm not saying that your community is small i'm just saying that i mean in terms of community size yeah pretty much all f like local fgcs are small there's not big ones there's no there's no fgc out there who's bringing in a hundred people every week or I mean Wednesday night fights might actually I'm like thinking about that space but regardless what I'm talking about is though like you're, we might even be I don't know the number of people who c- could be out there but let's just yeah. say there's 25 players right and the third best player shows up week after week third and fourth best player let's say because mm-hmm. I think that that matters they show up week after week they put they they pay the money to enter the tournament they compete and they're always third and fourth and they mm-hmm. they either get reimbursed for what they did or they get nothing and that's your your challengers now do those top players then stick around and teach those other top players how to beat them 
how mm-hmm. to best them because that means then then they're not going to win right yeah so it, there's a there's like a very like having some skin in the game <coughs> sense of you don't necessarily want to <laughs> And I don't know if this is true of them at the time. I don't know if they, they did this. I'm just saying. Oh, no that worry. This... I can elaborate more on that. No worries. Man. Okay. All right. Because I just know that this can, like the story I'm telling is the story of all, like all of locals throughout all of time is right. that they'll be in whatever like Facebook chat or IRC that they had even back in the day and say, Hey, is this person coming this week? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I'll come so I can win. I'll have an opportunity to win. They won't even show up, which right. hurts, hurts the local ultimately because they're not getting that as many entrants that week or as many people coming back and just all, all across the board. It's, it's bad, right? When the, the top player doesn't at least encourage the third and fourth and and what that does for the lowest level player who enters is they see that person, they'll go, okay, I'll play, I'll play eight one strider and see, see what I can do. And they just get rolled and they don't understand why, but players historically, and it, it's hard to, I mean, look at Patrick Miller's essay on this, uh, just released earlier this week. In fact, it's not on the list of things to talk about. Sorry about that. Oh, but you're good just released a thing that was like, Hey, it's actually really difficult to teach someone how, like, like how to grapple with fighting games. Like it, like you have to basically teach them how to learn before you can even start addressing what can, like what can really, what can they do to improve? Cause you yeah. might say one very basic example is, Oh, you should press like fierce on this character. That's a good button. But like, if you give that advice to a low level player, when do they press that button? And what occasion do they press that button? When is yeah. it bad for them to press that button? Because sometimes that's the case. And it's just a lot of information that it goes out the window. But I mean, as he says in his essay, like raise your hand if that's advice you've been given or you have given to someone. And mm-hmm. it's like, eh, I'm, I'm actually guilty of that. You got me. Sorry. Uh, so to the lowest level player, it doesn't necessarily help them unless there's long form teaching or at least some type of, you know, ladder system where they'll stick around for casuals and, and slowly grind their way up to the top. But also that infers that the lowest level players at, at your scene are driven to be world class players, which is not always the case and, and certainly not true of everybody. I mean, I don't aspire to be a world-class player. I don't, because I know that I don't have the time. I have a job and that takes a lot of time. I do the community stuff. I know that I can't. I like playing fighting games, but I know I can't grind the way that I need to in order to best a top player. I know that about myself. And that's that's a valid way to live. You could be a, a nine to five guy. You could have a family, and just you just like to show up to your local and and compete. And maybe you get dunked on by the top level player, but maybe you're not <laughs> concerned about. Maybe you don't really care about that. You just like the the community. You like the people. You like the place. You like the atmosphere, and you just fucking love fighting games because you, the listener, fucking love fighting games. That's why you're listening. So I mean, there's that there's that whole aspect of of what it can do to a local right of having a top player, uh, which kind of 
I kind of want to segue a little bit. I don't want to detract myself too much by mm-hmm. <laughs> by going off into a, 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 a kind of a, an alleyway here, but something that like really makes made me grip my teeth, especially listening to that that episode okay. uh, of the podcast, is that whenever you have someone come in and say something like that about a community like Utah and say who you got, there's no one here like fuck out of here with your weak shit is that, well now what does that community think? Like what, where's the, the fire It's that's like a big bucket of water on that, on that community. Right. You could say that it should burn. It should maybe in ignite passion within the people, but there's there's a whole lot of people who just casually play because like casuals are important to the FGC for for oh, what yeah. it's worth. Like that person is valuable, and then they hear a legend talk about you ain't got shit. Is like <laughs> oh man, ah oh, beans. Well, when it comes down to it, uh, at least for Utah in general, just because. Compared to other scenes, California, New York, uh, Seattle, all those kind of scenes, mm-hmm. uh, we definitely are smaller. Uh, like it, this, it, it's obvious. We're in the Midwest, as far as I'm concerned, and it's we're kind of stuck in one of those awkward places. You know, where we're closer to uh, higher level players in, say, like Las Vegas and, and even Colorado, but we're not large enough to really make a name for ourselves outside of, you know, those particular special cases. Out of, out of curiosity, what are, what's like the cost of flights out of Salt Lake to to like major hubs, like Salt Lake to Chicago? Salt Lake to Chicago. Um, That is honestly a good question. Um, I feel like it's averaging around like 250, 300 per Uh, it's probably fairly average as far as that goes. Is that drivable to Las Vegas? Oh yeah. It's like, uh, from Salt Lake to Las Vegas, it's probably like four or five hour drive. Not too bad. I was going to guess like six, but I mean, mean, depending on traffic. Yeah, for sure. uh, Desert driving folks, not, not exactly fun, but, (laughs) um, but, uh, when Mike said that about us, uh, obviously there was, significant backlash we have a couple discords in in my scene one mainly for the street fighter players and one for uh anime tech in soul caliber what have you Mm -hmm. Uh, and there was a lot of discussion about the the ideas that he was presenting just along with uh it takes some of the older folk i guess i I can't really call myself old because i'm 26 but i've been in the scene for at least like 10 years so i mean i'm kind of og kind of not i uh, anyway but um you're on the edge of an o no actually 10 years ago you are an o niner i I am an o niner okay i want to give everyone like some idea about how long i've been playing fighting games um outside of o nining which is when i did the competitive stuff you know with street fighter 4 and what have you i was hardcore garbage can back alley melty blood player so just <laughs> just just to, to have anybody who's curious about that now but anyway um so we we did have a lot of discussion about this and the implications for what that would mean for the scene and mm. just general mentality of how we can combat 
these kinds of things, which is why I was so excited when I saw your post about uh, talking about the Utah FGC on Twitter. I was just like, wow, this is a great opportunity for me. But, yeah, uh, I might have been subtweeting there a little bit. <laughs> yeah, little I kind of tell, I could kind of tell, but that's okay because that, it, I think it is like a really important thing, not just for like Utah FGC in general, but for every single small scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Mike said, for instance, you know, who else is in Utah? Uh, you could say the exact same for like, okay, well, who's in fucking North Dakota or who's in, uh, I don't know, um, Tennessee. Um, actually, Tennessee is not a really good example. But anyway, um, there's so many small scenes with strong players a lot of the time who mm-hmm. just don't have the opportunity to go out to tournaments. And it, it might be a money issue. It could be time issue, like you said, family, friends, job, all that kind of stuff takes into effect. And a lot of people just don't have that necessary drive to really be big time tournament players, despite the propensity to being able to do that. It's just individual levels in between that really kind of prevents them from going, be it money or whatever. So when it comes down to it, uh, this is a thing we've heard so, so often because this isn't the first time things like this have come up. Um, just with Gus and Renzo being just like the most known players here, um, there's always been that wonder of like, okay, well, since we have these two great players, you know, got a Capcom Cup, you know, win, win tournaments, beat Daigo, you know, whatever you have. Um, where's the rest of them? Is, is the Street Fighter scene actually strong there or, or what's going on? So <laughs> it's not a surprise that these things are constantly brought up, but it really starts having us focus on the core principles of what we think is a strong scene right. for us personally. So for, for uh, I guess, Mike Ross or, or Gutex or whoever who are more in that esports mindset, results is what they're focused on. And for us who are more like a close-knit grassroots community, the results are good. And if we have people go out, out of state to, to go to tournaments or whatever, and they, they do well, that's awesome. But it's more fostering that collaboration between players and increasing just the overall enjoyment from what you get out of the scene that is most important to us as opposed to, you know, pure on, did you get the gold? Did you get the silver? Did you get bronze? No, okay, I guess you lost kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) I mean, to that end, you could even say having someone who, hmm, Hmm. You actually can't. I was going to point to, well, you can't have someone go win the gold and then have that do good for your community. But then I remember, oh, wait, Mena went back and totally reinvested in his own community and and is like really throwing it down for all of those people. And you've seen that that area rise up, which is right. which is great. But that's like tippy, 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 tip top level of, of play. But you have like top level players who could win major tournaments, win ranking events, win any tournament they go to. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that is a driver for growth of your own community. There's so many other angles, so many other things that that go into the success of a community that exactly. have nothing to do with, with top-level play. Like, the, the continued life of the Utah scene actually doesn't matter if Strider is there or Ipru is there at all. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, because, those- uh, let me cut you off. Because, specifically because, someone might be hearing this from a scene that doesn't have anyone who has ever ranked uh, or hit any top eight at all in any tournament that is on the CPT at all. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They like they might bring numbers every week. I don't yeah. know. I don't, and that's that has that has value. There is value in your community because of that. You don't have to be pumping out these insane, inhuman players like uh, uh, Gustavo is. Right. Sorry and, for cutting you off. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. And I'd even go so far as to say, just off your point there, um, is that for me personally, even though Gus has been in Utah, still is in Utah, and is a successful player from Utah, does not necessarily mean that he is a Utah player. There are, in my opinion, there are different states of players. Um, hmm. You know, you have the, obviously, the top level player, mid-level player, but we have players who are from a state and players who are of a state. And I it, it, that kind of doesn't make any sense, but let me explain. So when you're from a state, obviously, you're from a state, but that doesn't necessarily mean you play for your community or to show, you know, the 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 world stage, I guess you could say, what your community is made out of. And I think very much so that Gus has always been in that boat. Not necessarily playing for Utah, but playing from Utah and because he just loves to play the game. Um, and other players that we've had, and we've actually had other people uh, you know, do pretty well, even at Evo. Um and even uh, make waves in like top eight and, and such Evo. We had a, in Mortal Kombat 9, we had a, a player. Um, I'm not sure if anybody was familiar with this, but um, his name's Kelly. Uh, he goes by the name Conquer. He got ninth in Mortal Kombat 9, I believe, the, the year he was out in Evo. Uh, in Blaze Blue, we got someone, I believe, in 2013, maybe 14, got second at Blaze Blue. Uh, we've had plenty of like really successful players who played their heart out because they loved our community and they wanted to show everyone what they were made of. Um, so I think for, for, for me personally, that's, that's where it kind of stands as what makes up a, um, a player from and of a scene. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think that makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there. In a, in a lot of ways, um, because the success of one main player does not necessarily mean that your local can get the sponsorship money that it needs to grow. Mm-hmm. Like it might help. It might help. I don't know. I haven't made a, I haven't made a pitch deck, but if I were, if I were making a pitch deck for Pittsburgh, I would say nephew it, who attends locals in Pittsburgh uh, as seen on Street Fighter League, uh, as you can see that this has this many viewers and representing our area, I would I would pull him in for sure, because, but only to tie him to other things that have much more viewers than probably what your local stream would bring in, even if you like have a local stream, even if you yeah. are a streamer. I don't know if you are or not. Like, and I'm not asking you. Uh, are you streaming or not? I'm just, this is a general, cause there's a lot of communities who don't stream at all. Exactly. Yeah. You, you don't need to, to have a successful community, my opinion, but, uh, but anyway, 
that's that's kind of my take on any time that someone and I will say this historically about Mike is that God love him bless him he's again a fucking legend mm-hmm. but oftentimes the words that he says are harmful to the least of the fighting game community and and I take umbrage with that this isn't the first time that he said things where I'm like man but there's like that really only affects like top level people who are who are in it I I don't care if if people only play Street Fighter Five because they're in it for the money. I care about the the people who play Street Fighter Five because they love it, but also they have a nine to five and know that they're not going to be top level players because they show up to this local every week and they like help new players learn how to play the game. There, there's there's so much like little valuable things that are so important that is not affected by top level at all, which is why kind of like an aside to this conversation is that from what I've seen, like top, top down. Nah, how did we word it last time? Cause we, someone said trickle down. It was Rob TV said trickle down FGC <laughs> and I'm, and I was like, oh, no. I was like, I don't know about that one, Rob. He was like, yeah, that's not the, that's not the right word to use. Uh, <laughs> but it doesn't work that way, and which is why something that I kind of want to talk about later in the show. And it would actually, it might be a good time to to spin off a little bit into this topic. But yeah. something that I've seen pop up recently is and you, no one, no one has probably heard of this. Uh, I tried to retweet it a couple times and talk about it because it's it was on my radar. I was sniffing it out, seeing seeing what it's about. But there's this new thing, but not really a new thing. It's like three years old, but they're new in the Street Fighter world called Super League, which is, I know, the blandest name that one might <laughs> one might ever come up with uh, to describe their league. But what I'll say about it is that their mission statement seems to be focused on locals and region-based esports communities Uh, and I say esports communities because right now they're doing like Fortnite even like fucking Minecraft they're doing like community nights and shit esports community listen when I saw that on their website I was like hold the fuck up I I don't know about I don't know anything about this shit let me read (laughs) up on what the fuck you're even talking about because this just this is bananas it doesn't make sense to me but I mean I looked it up and the thing about it is that they have, and they actually just got a new sponsor today. Because I was like, let's follow the money here. Let's see, let's see where the money's coming from. If we can maybe explain the situation of Super League, because what they want to do is run a like a region-based league outside of the CPT, so it'll be a totally different thing. Which I think that there's a huge fucking gap between like regular locals most locals and the CPT and like fucking where money goes, there's like fucking nothing in between. So this is, this might be a very nice stopgap for the regions that it is available. Uh, but one of the places where they have investment is Cinemark theaters, which provides them locations. 
and they have certain cities. I, I don't have the list of cities up in front of me, and I could look that up real quick, but it, it's kind of a lot, but they have they have locations. So I'm like, okay, they have they have a place to to meet up. Like they have their they have their bar, they have their their gym, right? That they can send people to and have been sending people to for like a couple of years now. Now, the other thing that they got today, which makes me kind of be like, mm, I don't know about that, uh, is and I'll explain why. Is they got sponsored money from a fiber optic telecom company. I, I didn't recognize the name. I don't have it written down here, so sorry. Y- y'all can look into it. They have like 10... I was going to say like a history of like 10 tweets. That's not exactly true, but like it, it's not a lot. It's fucking in their history. Uh, okay. It would be easily to search for. But it's something that I asked as soon as I saw this was, do you intend on doing like live events between the teams because they're doing like team based stuff. So mm-hmm. like you might get a team from uh, Philadelphia versus the team in LA. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, they need to see each other. They need to be next to each other to play. Mm-hmm. But now I see that they've got this fiber optic investment and I'm like, mm, it, it sounds like you're prepping to maybe not do it live. So more along the lines of like online tournaments and things like that. Yeah. Which in my opinion, I actually, and I don't know if I've talked about this before on this show, but I actually think that that is doable. Maybe not with street fighter five and the way that it works, but Mm -hmm. the way that they are running this in that a, they have locations B they are guaranteed a fiber connection if they take it another step and say, see, we're only going to do online between like very strict regions within a certain ping limit, mm-hmm. then I could be like, okay, <coughs> there's something to that at least. Uh, like providing people like a hub to come to to do online tournaments is like, okay, there's there might be something to that. But if you're going to have Philadelphia play L.A., it's that's a fucking non-starter my guy like yeah i don't care if you have fiber i don't care where you are it's just that ain't that ain't it fam you got to get those people together in the same room and play and have them play the same game and maybe that's in the cards i asked them they said they were exploring it again this is all like fucking brand new i don't know but i don't know Another weird thing, I looked into the CEO. I did a little bit of a cyber sleuthing. Okay. Uh, this Anne Hand, which is a funny name, uh, used to be, she worked at BP for 11 years and was the senior vice president of global brand and marketing. Okay. Uh, right? <laughs> like, there's, uh, a part of, yeah. there's a part of it that's like, huh, BP, huh? For... Senior vice president, weird. And now, why you in esports, huh? Why trying to get into esports? I again, there's nothing to that. That she probably very capable of talking to companies and saying, "I've got, I have all of this experience. I graduated from Kellogg School of Management. 
please invest in in my company that will be at Cinemarks. Let's make theaters good again. There's a part of me that's like, yeah, let's get an MVC two cab in a in a Cinemark and let's just fucking roll like we used to. But <laughs> I don't think that that's the future that she envisions. I. I don't know exactly, but I would fucking bet. Anyway, sorry about that side kind of talk about no, Super League. I, I did want to bring it up. It seemed, it seems like it might be a thing, but I don't know. It seems like it's it's still very very young. So I don't want to talk about it like too much. But I kind of, I, I only bring it up because there is still that huge gap between local level and like CPT level that is we're really fucking wanting for that kind of investment. So with that, I like tip of the hat. Thank you super league for being a part of it. We get that, that oil money. Let's, let's get in there. (laughs) I think, I think that kind of conceptual level of planning though, for, for tournaments to like, as you say, bridge the gap between like middle tier communities, top tier is, is a very important thing to keep in mind. But with like current infrastructure, as it comes down to like fiber optic and you know, just like general latency between cities, is we're definitely really far away from something that's like super reliable and that that kind of uh, paths. Because I actually have experience with these kind of uh, hub gatherings for like online tournaments. I went to one in Utah. Um, it was probably maybe like. Ooh, maybe almost a year now for uh, Tekken Seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a individual little local there, and first place winner would get the opportunity to play in an online tournament. And as soon as I heard that, I was kind of like, mm, "Not sure how I feel about this one. I don't really want to get like slippery kicked by an eddy on like a two bar connection from like New York." But. Uh, <laughs> Like you know, you, you figure hell you, sweeps you, coming. You better be. You better exactly. be ducking. <laughs> it's not a fifty-fifty anymore. It's literally a hundred every single time. <laughs> but uh, no, so it, I, I gave it a shot just to just to see how it would work out. And oh my gosh, but let me tell you, the other like I, I guess this was like a company-wide event, much in the same way that uh, what you said could be um for this i can't remember the game center uh but that's not really important um so those game centers from other states would be playing as well unfortunate part was that i did probably get someone from new york (laughs) to play Mm. against and like like you could understand even though they said we guarantee like super solid play we have like 500 up 350 down nothing's gonna go wrong so i had to wait for like four hours to play my first match (laughs) uh in like an eight-man bracket uh which isn't a lot of people but considering that each match took about like 30 minutes to get set up just because people were having such connectivity issues is something that really needs to be like super carefully like planned and observed before something like this gets started. Yes, absolutely. I'm in a hundred percent agreement. That is, that's something that I've like, I try to go to bat for all the time because (coughs) even for online ranking events, it's like, if you're calling it a ranking event, there should be an investment of, of what this event even is with the same amount of care that you would run a ranking event. 
Like there's a lot of money, time and preparation put into that shit that oh, I don't sure. see in online ranking. But anyway, I um, just think that regional, like if you're going to do something like that, it has to be close regional. Like you said, right. because there's no way in hell that I'm going to get like beat out by some Kuma player in Florida who's just doing like power crush moves over and over and over again. I can't do right. shit. I'm like on two bars right now. I can barely backdash. But I think it's cool that they're trying to do that. And that might just be like the big thing with like esports is the new kind of like yeah. thing that you want to invest in and, and try to try to work with, which is kind of good and bad at the same time. There's like plenty of other discussions on that topic that could go off. That. Yeah. But, yeah. Won't necessarily get into, but something exactly. that I will say, like the model that I can see working is like something that I've actually seen people do for our tournament. Whenever we run team tournaments mm-hmm. is they'll just, they'll get everyone in the same place and say, we're a team. We're playing off the same account. And like, we're also streaming our side of it from like another computer. Like, don't worry. Like we're all good. All set. Like, and there's part of that where I'm like, man, what if that, but with all of the other locals, like in your tri-state area or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, there can be a little bit of regionality to it. And then, I mean, you don't necessarily need to branch out too far from that before travel starts to come into play because preventing people from traveling saves them money, so to speak. But anyway, enough about that. Uh, enough talk about Super League. I'm done talking about that thing because that may or may not need, even be a thing. Who, who fucking knows? Uh, <laughs> but what I will say is, well, let's not talk about this. What up? Hmm. I'll bring it up slightly, but okay. only because they brought it up on Sagem's new podcast, which everyone should go listen to. It's a great show. They had, or Sagem had Vicious, uh, Brian F. and Filipino Man on the show uh, as guests. I don't know if they're going to be returning guests or not. Who's to say? Because it was just one episode so far. Uh, I believe it is in podcast form, not yet on everything, but it's definitely on his YouTube channel. Go watch that. Go check it out. He talks about, or they they all talk about the whole fucking East versus West shit. And within all of that, what I'll say about that, and this is kind of where I end up, is that people on the internet are super good at not listening to each other at all. And then forming their arguments on their assumptions about what people are trying to say, right. and that's there's that's a good rep that's a good recipe for people to get very angry for no fucking reason at all, um, <laughs> and also do some fucking work. Do work, everybody. Like there's so much more you could be doing, I'm sure. But that's the that's say jam's whole thing, and I am in super agreement with him on that. Uh, but anyway. Uh, that I'll offer it to you. Do you have anything that you necessarily want to bring up about that topic? For I'm just people like to... East versus West. Yeah, I guess if you want to, you don't have to. That's not a bait, by the way. You don't. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. You know, you don't have to talk shit about the East Coast if you don't want to. But, I mean, because it's a whole th- like. <sighs> What I'll say for everyone is just listen to that show. That's good. Listen to the show where Rob TV was on. Listen to what Vicious has to say about the whole thing. Brian F. It's a, there's, 
there's nuance to these conversations that is so often missed on on Twitter by people who are not putting in the work, let's say, to actually make anything happen. But so you're saying like the proverbial scrub. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yes. Uh, there's a fucking lot of that, as it turns out, but that's a whole other conversation of just people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, I would say is this is kind of an aside for me, but, and I don't know if you've found this to be true as well, but just within like the number. And this isn't like a disparaging thing. I'm not saying this to like talk shit on people because I also fall into this category to see how I look at Tekken or how I look at Mortal Kombat, for example. But like, there's a whole lot of people out there who have no idea how the fighting game they like works at all. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like when it comes down to that, it's kind of like one of those arguments you'd have with say, your friend or like your, your significant other or whatever, just like, yeah, I really, really like corn pops, but you know what? Fuck lucky charms, man. Like, I don't know why anyone's into that shitty cereal. And then they're just like, well, hold on. Lucky charms is the fucking shit and corn pops sucks. So we don't, so it, it gets into like just flinging each other's shit at each other's faces without like taking into consideration. Just like, you know what? Yeah. Lucky Charms, they need more like leprechaun hat marshmallows, but what they're doing is pretty good. And corn pops are okay because like they're they're generally healthier than Lucky Charms. So yeah, there's a whole lot of like favoritism, I guess, and like just general. Uh, I don't know. It's it's like a almost like a gang mentality when yeah. it comes to like games and stuff. You know what I mean? Fucking Which weird, can be good at some instances, but mostly bad others. And I guess you'll see this in like any kind of Twitch chat when it comes to, you know, fighting games being streamed. You know, you'll see your When's Marvel or, ah, oh God, I hate Smash Brothers kind of shit. You know, uh, there's not a whole lot of like people just kind of sitting down to really kind of understand what they're seeing on screen. And I know everybody's going to have their favorites. Um, but, you know, you just kind of got to, like, open your mind to the possibilities. And that comes down to the the whole East Coast versus West Coast thing. Just like, yes, East Coast has great players. Yes, West Coast has great players. But what's actually happening? Like, how are they impacting their own individual scenes? And how are they translating that into results? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. There's just so okay. much misunderstanding in the middle that, like, I don't know. Just fucking listen to people. Try and try and have some empathy. But anyway, let's move on to another topic because there's other news um, that we can somewhat touch upon. Something I want to bring up briefly as we talk about uh, Mortal Kombat is that recently there was uh, an article on PC Gamer that, well, first it was people just talking out on Twitter being like, I don't feel like I need this job anymore and I don't care what bridges I'm going to burn because... Throughout this entire time at NRS, or at least working contract work for NRS, for MK9, MKX, and Justice 2, there were a lot of people who were like, we were not treated very well as employees. Uh, crunch culture was ridiculous. I didn't see my family at all. Um, 
and there's part of that. It's like, Hmm, I not what I will say is that at least as of right now, no one is having that conversation about the development cycle for Mortal Kombat 11. That, that doesn't come up anywhere, or at least hasn't come up anywhere with any developers. Now, I don't know if that's because people aren't talking out about it right now because their job depends on it or what have you. I don't know. I'm just set just for full clarity, full disclosure that it was for specifically reporting on the development of the older games for that NRS has developed. Uh, and then also you house this in with like, there's a walkout happening at riot. There's fucking people not working for, I mean, if the day we're recording this on the eighth, I mean, don't get an Uber today. Don't get rideshare today. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Oh don't. my God. I could have almost forgotten. Yeah. Don't do that. That's actually for a little disclosure. I had to yeah. stop. I didn't record this podcast because my wife was like, I missed the bus. Can you come pick me up? And I'm like, yep, don't, don't call rideshare. I'll, I'll be right there. So that's why I had to stop. Like, I was just about to hit to record and then was like, oh, wait, hold on. Let me check this. I missed a call. I'll be back in 30 minutes. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like, I mean, within all of this is that regardless of, of all, like, there's just too many stories like this of, of employees and developers that are just not getting paid livable wages or working insane hours and not getting compensated for it. I mean, I, I work long hours, but I get paid to do it. My wife works long hours. She might not necessarily be compensated for all that. I won't speak. To, I'll let her speak to that. But <laughs> there's a part of that where I'm like, eh, maybe there should be she should get a little bit more. But what I'll say is that like I, I work long hours. I work overtime. I get paid for my overtime, at least in this instance. I haven't been in the past, and that's kind of fucked up. I... But in these situations that I read about continually within the within the game development community, this is fucking nuts. Yeah, just just thinking about it, like looking over that article was human really, cost. Really eye opening, like taking into a, into consideration what was happening and what they said was MK9, Justice One and Two, and MK10, and honestly, I would not be surprised if the same practices had been continuing into mk11 this is like not necessarily like a one-time one-off thing for the for these companies it's definitely like getting to be a systemic problem mm -hmm. where you know you either suffer for the company's sake or you just suffer period and i mean at this point it's just going to you suffer for both the company's sake and your sake just to get things done crunch culture is getting to be extremely reminiscent now at least to, to to my knowledge of kind of like the work ethic you would see in like uh asian cultures like japan with like the the non-mandatory overtime but you it is essentially mandatory but non-mandatory at the same time just to like get ahead in the company keep your job and, and right. see if you can't get any further but and, that comes up in in the article someone says well i took off that that weekend because i didn't i didn't work but i was expected to be there and then the following week they were fired mm-hmm it's just it, it's gonna be so rough just just taking into to mind like what the future holds for for not even not even just video games but just like industry professionals in general mm -hmm. about the kind of work weeks 
and like the, the man hours and power that they're going to have to go through just to get things done. Because a lot of the time is, you know, I, I believe in the article, it said that they had started production for one of their games six months before planned launch. That's absurd to even think about. Like mm-hmm. I, we think development cycles last for, for several years, but when it comes down to like six months to get something out, like that's like straight up like union breaching practices and i don't know if there's any unionized like uh leagues for for developers or whatever but there are starting to be some i forget hmm, i should really have this up there's a there's a gaming union on on twitter at least that has like helped the with at least with this riot walkout as well uh, has been present in these conversations for mk9 and for the people at nrs Mm -hmm. that is uh, it is not a like a true unit it's just that people speaking out and saying that yes we fucking need this um, is part of it uh and i don't know to that end to what i'll say is that like i look at I look at MK11. My my initial thoughts on MK11 as soon as I started playing it and and getting my hands on it was wow, this game is beautiful. This is a beautiful game. Imagine how talented the people must be to make something like this. Now imagine if those super talented people are fucking like human waste now because of of how they of how much crunch they had to put in and a lot of times during that crunch not actually working but waiting for a build to post and just being available at the office because you're expected to be at the office not actually working imagine if these super talented people that made this beautiful game were like you know what next project's not worth it yeah i definitely think there's going to be severe consequence i mean obviously there's going to be severe consequences for this happening but what what really makes it sad is imagine the differences in this game and even some other fighting games that may have experienced the same kind of setback or not necessarily setback but like the practices uh how much better these could have been given enough time mm-hmm. and more resources in in like completing this because i mean this like, this is a completely different uh side conversation that could be had just like the, the release of games with like day one content updates, like DLC and things like that. It's just like if if we just kind of like held off just a little bit, kind of made the stock share or the shareholders just a little bit angry and not getting it out as soon as possible just to get those things finished. Imagine imagine how much better things would be for that just that uh, industry in general. No, I'm with you because that's something that I see. And here's like the human side of it. And it's kind of, it's kind of you, you fuckers out there. I see there's some people out there. You fuckers is that I, there cannot be a thread on our street fighter about street fighter five, about like the new, like new stuff. Like what's new, like, Almost every thread, regardless of the topic, there's always at least one or two people in there who are like, yeah, but there's no season four. Con- Where the fuck is the DLC? Where's the DL? Where is it? And I'm like, yo, like they, they haven't announced anything yet. Just like, can you fucking wait for a minute? Can you hold on for a minute? 
Like, do you need to be satiated all of the time? Do you need all of this gratification of here is your, I'm not, listen, I know that Capcom has a problem communicating with the community about what their plans are for Street Fighter V. That is on the fucking list. Go vote. If you don't know what I'm talking about, head on to the front page of our Street Fighter. It's fucking there. Stick it at the top. But, like, it's this kind of pressure that causes, like, developers, like, um, there's another story about um, uh, Epic Games, right? There was, like, our, our turnabout cycle is, like, we have to fucking work on this now because the fans demand it now. Mm-hmm. Like, fucking... Like chill? Can we chill for a minute? Please? <laughs> Ladies it's, and gentlemen. It's so crazy to think that that not only outside of like just business practices in general being like super stringent on these things, but like, yeah, we're just kind of like fucking dickheads to like <laughs> yeah. most of the fucking like industries that we care about. And I mean I guess I can understand that to an extent. Just like, yes, I see. You care about the content. You want to support the company. You want to play more. Like, I get that. I totally understand that. But when we start getting into, like, this, like, rabid fan base of just, like, scratching and tearing at these people just to get that little bit of content out, not only is it most likely going to be worse than it could have been, but you're just, like, putting the pressure to make these practices all the more prevalent and just fucking over all those people even harder. Yeah, that would be like the worst take of, of Capcom coming back next season and be like, hey, we listened to the fans and uh, guess what? Now Crunch is 90-hour work weeks mandatory uh, and we're upping the human cost. So, But don't worry, here's all of the DLC right now. Ten new characters. Can you believe it? And listen, we got... Eight new Chun Li costumes to top it all off. It's like, okay, yeah, I got you. <laughs> not putting in enough overtime for just eight costumes. I demand sixteen. Sixteen Chun Li costumes. Oh man. I mean, honestly, sure. But I would, I would like to see more costumes in general. Just because, just more costumes are more fun. But anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, the, the industry's fucking whack. Uh, another thing, but. At the same time, Capcom is kind of doing all right right now. There was a, They just made their report to their investors saying that we've had record high profits for this year. And they're targeting what they said specifically was that because of the success of, of the Street Fighter series, we're going to target esports. I don't know. You know, I'll read the I'll read the thing directly to to pull out from the from the report to the investors here is that further in response to the worldwide excitement surrounding esports and the increased attention paid to them within the Japanese market capcom is redoubling its commitment to making this sector a priority area and aims to grow the player base worldwide through running leagues that utilize street fighter I mean, I think that's pretty cool, honestly. Uh, and, but I kind of wonder, outside of outside of the, the Street Fighter success, how much more success is this from also Resident Evil 2 and Devil May Cry 5 also bringing new people into the Capcom fan base to mm. further get interest in their other titles? You know what I mean? 
put rookie cop Leon S. Kennedy in Street Fighter Five. <laughs> that would be so cool. Can you imagine if they put like a uh, a nemesis outfit for like Zangief or like Abigail or something like that? I think I think more Resident Evil stuff or just like regular Capcom like uh, uh, costumes like they've been doing would be super fucking sick. But you know that's super awesome that they're going to like continue to be pushing these. Uh, boundaries for esports as much as i personally am not like a super big fan of like the term in general i think it's cool what they're doing from that yeah i mean it yeah i agree and just from their own words leagues that utilize street fighter i mean we talked about it earlier in the super league which uh, i guess is a thing i don't know but like street fighter league is also a thing make street fighter league better do more of that street fighter league i think is is good to watch i think street fighter league is fun there's parts of it that I don't like. I feel really bad for Idom every episode, unfortunately. But but I like that they show off these players who wouldn't necessarily get main stage time at, at premier events, who who might not be be getting those those positions, uh, or getting that kind of airtime, but are completely deserving of that airtime because they're fucking great players. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. Uh, it is cool that they, to hear that they're they're planning on doubling down. I, I mean, I guess it's good that they've had record uh, record. Uh, what's the what's record the highs? Rec- record highs. But it's one of those things that I've seen like more times in the news than 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 not. Is that anytime people are like record high profits and then mass layoffs like afterwards is like fucking wait a minute hold on why a why would fire people? But at the same time, it looks like they're hiring more people for like esports stuff. So I don't know that shit could be cool. Anyway, that's that's my take on it. Yeah, I think I think uh, with with that added interest, we may get like you know more possible venues for yes. uh, tournaments and things like that. Like we could have more ideas being spread about. Um, the possible outcomes for these events and, uh, you know, increased prizes, whatever, what have you. And like you said, more, more, uh, opportunities for players who may not be more well-known to make a name for themselves on a bigger stage. And, you know, that's just like, in general, that's Capcom. If they've done anything like good with street fighter in the past while, it's that they've really put in a lot of dedication to like, keep that kind of hype building which is great and i think needs to be done a little bit more often for fighting games in general mm. uh yeah 100 percent uh all right well now that we're let's continue to dunk on big corporations because that's fun to do <laughs> uh kind of one maybe two last two more things before we kind of end the show getting a little long in the tooth folks but stick with us Stick with it just a moment longer because uh, we got to dunk on Twitch. I got to dunk on Twitch right now. A4 Ooh. Andre still banned on Twitch. Ooh, that's such a crazy one. Dude, did you did you watch this video of his explanation? I did. I did. Man, can you fuck? I, it'll be in the show notes, folks. Watch it because this is a thing where as, as soon as he was banned, day of, day of, I was out there being like, yo, this is a staple of the online fighting game community. It has been for years, and it's just going to be gone. 
like no bring like this is important like and the thing is i know like doesn't necessarily have like big fuck you follow numbers on twitch he's probably not making a lot of money for twitch as a company so twitch has no fucking reason to care about a4 andre no fucking reason to care about fighting games but super important to us he got banned for what for whatever reason i'm gonna go to bat for him because I know he kind of fucked up in the past, it, like, but he's changed as a human and has like developed over the years, of which like I could point to because I know the guy. But like a lot of people did a lot of like research on on the Reddit.com and were like, "Hey, I saw this one instance where you were a fucking asshole three years ago. This is probably why he was banned, and he's still probably a jerk face." Um, <laughs> to which I was like because I talked to him after it and he was like, he, he came clean to me about what happened because I was so adamant about supporting him. And he was like, this is actually why. And I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. This is fucking ridiculous. What are we doing? It's been over 60 days. It's been like months, months of this. I'm beside I'm, myself. It's, <laughs> It really is crazy when it comes down to it. Um, just seeing, I mean, I personally haven't watched too much Andre, but I know that he actually has like a lot of really big support from the people in Utah. I, they, we, they, there's personal friendships between him and, and some of the guys here. So I've seen lots of like uh, posts and even threads about this thing happening because just like, Watching that video, and if the the listeners haven't watched it, please do because it's it's really interesting to see like uh, him interacting with the the, the guy that uh, he had quote unquote like doxed. Uh, like it, it's such a non-issue. It really is such a non-issue. But I guess with Twitch, you can kind of see this with like bigger streamers. Um, they kind of get away with murder partially because they make Twitch so much money. And because there's this one incident with Andre, like in this particular setting, he's just like wiped out. And like, this is like, a, am sure like a, a fairly good chunk of his uh, earnings just from a stream. Just like, come on, that's yeah. so crazy. Twitch is where people can make a little, like a little <laughs> bit of money. It's not on YouTube. He's been streaming on YouTube just to fill in that gap because he's there for, the community that comes to him every week. Cause they're like, cause he's like, I'm going to run a four arena this week because I mean, it's not going to be streamed or now he's like, it's going to stream on YouTube, but people ain't fucking making money on YouTube anymore. That bottom dropped out fucking years ago, which we're going to get to in a minute. <laughs> but like the reason why, which again, ladies and gentlemen, please watch this video. If you haven't, cause the, again, I will verify that this is the story that he at least, told me as well at the time of it happening this he has made like this is i could pretty much verify that what he's saying is true i trust him holy shit what are we even doing what are we even doing it's so nuts it is so nuts and i'm sure with this kind of public backlash from you know twitch banning like a fairly prolific like streamer and, and community member for the fighting game scene I feel like if they don't like fix things up, there's going to be like some potential consequences when it comes down to like, like fighting games on their platform and just the streamers from it. Like there's gotta be, they gotta do something about it. Here's Otherwise, the thing. 
No. <laughs> it won't. Yeah, that's it fucking fact. won't, my guy. Because like, I hope I can hope. <laughs> if fighting games were pulling in like big fuck you numbers that would make Twitch money, yes, they would care. They would have a reason to care. They have no reason to care. They could ban me tomorrow. Who would care? I'm not making them much money at all. Like at all, like a pittance, pennies. No reason to even look. But. Oh, man, is it frustrating. It's so frustrating, especially because this guy has been out there. He is that stopgap of people who want a little bit more community or at least a supplement to people who attend locals. Like he even said, people in Utah who attend locals are like, you know, what? yeah, he does this thing on Sundays. I show up and like it's, it's a tournament and there's there's good competition here. Yeah, it's fine. I hear that story from a bunch of people like. Over the years, years of this, at least five years of this, and it's like, come on, what are we doing? Does no one care? Like, and the the thing is, the whole fight, the whole of fight, the fighting game community might might care about it. The people who are willing to to go to bat for for an injustice like this, uh, and it, it numbers wise, I don't think it fucking matters. And there's a part of me that just, it hurts in my gut when something like this can happen to which the only response to this can be doubled down on personal community efforts that affect people that, affect people that you are able to. Like, don't worry about this shit. Like, you, the listener, I don't know who you are, uh, but it is very likely that whatever you're saying, this can be like, don't even start a, uh, what is the, like the petition site? Change.org. Change. Yeah. Don't go start a change.org. <laughs> the amount of things that change.org have effective affected in real life is, I believe it's 0%. They were close to getting Dan Gavito to voice detective Pikachu. So I mean, eh, kind of, Okay. All right. That's like maybe the one good thing that they maybe got <laughs> close to doing. I don't know. But uh yeah, that would have been pretty good. But I can't be that mad at Ryan Reynolds. He's a beautiful man. Uh <laughs> regardless, like you the listener, I don't I don't know who you are, probably don't have any say or can affect the situation at all. But what you can have effect on is the people that are like in your life that you can go to, to him now you can go to the a4 Andre now and, and watch his, his content on YouTube. You could show up and compete in his tournament or you can do, it doesn't have to be Andre. It could just be your own local community and invest in them. Right? Like that, that's where you have to wrap it up with like the, the top where we are at the top of the show. Like, these the efforts from many people within close knit communities to stick together matters, even in the face of big things like this that can turn us away and say, you know what, kind of fuck all this. It's not worth it. No, it is worth it. It is valuable if you make it valuable within your community. Man, sorry, I had to go on my little tirade there, but <laughs> no, you you wrap that up really succinctly. I gotta tell you fucking mad um but all right the other thing that i'm kind of fucking mad about that also people should go watch and see is that born free uh might be out he might be out of the game and that's uh, a that's a that's a heartbreaker that's a 
it's a, it's a bummer there. You really uh, did a lot of work too on a, on plenty of stuff, streams, YouTube content, all that. Just you know. Yeah, and to and this is kind of a different thing too. I mean, he says that I mean the YouTube money is not there; it hasn't been for years. Twitch money is where he's saying like, okay, this is kind of good. So he's switching over to Twitch. Regardless, watch his video as well because uh, he talks a lot about like this is more of like his this is his personal struggle. Uh, he talks about seasonal depression. Uh, so maybe if that's something that you feel like you. So I don't know if you guys, do you have seasons in, in Salt Lake City? Is that a thing we you guys have, get? Okay, listen, so we have two seasons in Utah. We have winter and we have construction season. So <laughs> generally, okay. there's no seasonal depression in Utah. It's just plain old depression. Ah, uh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but no, uh, he talks about how that affects him, how it affects his, his content output, uh, where that might take him in the course of the next couple months, but go watch it. If you've cared about anything that he's done in the past, if you don't know who he is, go watch all of his interviews. They're all, it, it's fantastic work. He has pulled so many good personal stories out of players over the years that like, this is a valued member of, this is someone who's made something good for the community at large and like love the guy to death. And hopefully this, his situation can be like, find something that works, you know, because again, YouTube money ain't there, but anyway, that's, that's kind of the last thing that I wanted to bring up before kind of ending this show. But before we do, uh, I want to toss it back to you, Mark, about, (coughs) you know, is there anything that we didn't talk about maybe about Utah or the Utah FGC that you didn't quite get out that you want to put out there before we, we sunset this episode? Well, I'm just going to kind of wrap it up really quick on, on the side of Utah. Utah has so there's so many topics I could have gone into in, in a lot of depth when it comes down to us personally, my relationship between, you know, scene and Gus because Gus did you know essentially trained me him and Renzo uh, during the Street Fighter times um, and just my my work as a tournament organizer and everything else like that there's so much I could have gone off of but there's one thing I want to really really pound into uh, the end of this is my opinions <laughs> and what I have described about Utah are my own. Uh, I am completely... Mark's opinions are expre- are not the expressed opinions of Utah or Salt Lake City. Okay. Uh, so, like, um, I am almost positive that when this episode comes out, there's going to be some kind of talk about this. I'm sure Gus will probably talk about this. Maybe Hadoken MD. So, I just want to let it out that this is from my perspective. <laughs> And they may view things a little bit differently than I do. If anyone wants to ask me more about Utah, or if I get called out by someone on Twitter or something like that, I am happy to oblige and deliver more information and details about just Utah as a whole and our scene and anything else. So if you guys happen to see anything about that and I get like cleverly subtweeted, let me know. (laughs) I'm sure that... uh, my uh, my Twitter will be uh, up on the screen somewhere or in the information. Uh, 
yeah, just 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 let me know, and I can kind of I can come back and put my uh, my little twist on that. Uh, but yeah, please please don't uh, think that uh, what I'm saying is a hundred percent like without error, because this is just from my view. Right. But uh, yeah, that 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 that's all I wanted to say on that one. <laughs> and also, for the record, I I have never been to Utah, so I cannot be at blame at all whatsoever. Please, if you have any complaints at all, direct them at Marcus Spartacus on Twitter dot com. That again, that's Marcus Spartacus, two S's in the middle there, uh, on Twitter dot com. That's where if you have any complaints. Anything negative to say about the contents thereof of this episode, that's where you want to go. Please talk shit to me, and I will more than happily give it back to you in a little brown bag lit on fire, please. Ah, the classic. Well played. Uh, (laughs) But again, like, shout out to the Utah community. Like, huge, huge ups to Gustavo, I Peru. Like, that super talents world-class yeah, talents zero is any anyone anyone says about them they cannot deny their work ethic how talented they are in like the fighting games in general and what they have done for the scene uh at least as of earlier not as of recently but yeah please they are they're great guys go follow them yeah. support us all that kind of stuff yeah, i mean the the community has changed like yeah what it is now ain't what it used to be 10 years ago. Totally different scenario, but yeah. Gustavo out there winning tournaments and being so good looking. It's a crime. <laughs> I, that's a fucking crime. Check out his, check out his, uh, his um, Instagram. If you want to see uh, progress pics on his uh, gym stuff, I do that stuff too, but uh, I'm a little bit more of a weeaboo when it comes down to it. So Gross. if you guys see my instagram just ignore most of it all right you melty blood motherfucker let's sunset this episode (laughs) all right (laughs) all right end of the show i can't let you go without answering this line of questions you may or may not know what's coming but it is what i believe to be a line of questions that can reveal a lot about a person and how they answer it Uh, but it's two-parter first part is what is your favorite normal attack in any fighting game Okay, normal attack, so just like a regular normal move, no specials. However you want to answer. I've had people answer specials, and I'll allow it. So it, it's kind of, you know, whatever you, you feel your gut is taking you right now. Okay, I'm going to say Sakura's Light Kick Tatsu in Street Fighter Four. Oh, okay. what a fucking move, dude. Zero on block, fucking combo starter. Oh, man, my... Xbox 360 gamer tag during the Street Fighter 4 era was OMG, it's LK Tatsu. That is a <laughs> fucked up move, dude. I love that shit. OMG, it's LK Tatsu. That's a good name, actually. That's pretty good. That ain't bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that, that, it was. Yeah, that's the party starter right there. I don't blame you, honestly. My favorite, my favorite uh, little trick that I do. It's not really a trick. It's more of like a scrubby ass thing. Light kick Tatsu on block, then EXDP, and then FADC if it doesn't work. But you know, most of the time people are going to be pressing buttons or mashing anyway, so it worked like eighty-five percent of the time, every time. <laughs> Hit him with the classic. I love it. All right. Well, part two. 
part of that, and this might uh, include a, a light kick Tatsu, is what is your favorite combo in any fighting game? Oh, favorite combo. Oh, that's uh, that one's a little more broad. Mm-hmm. It could. It doesn't even have to be a combo that you can personally do. I've had people answer it that way. A lot of ways to take this. That, that is a good one. That is a good one. Uh, you know, I've always been a big fan of the six electric wind god fists and Tekken. Like, you know, no, no, no spin or bounds or anything. Just like six raw electric Straight. wind god fists. Oh, no wall. Just flex on them. Dab on the haters as soon as you do that. You immediately win if you pull that off in match. Easy, free. It's super sick. <laughs> No, no, I mean it's it's also execution wise not the easiest thing to do. Oh yeah, that's that's extremely difficult. Super super hard. Yeah, to consistently get the the electric out. Yeah. Well, that for one, and then the the difference in dashing you have to do in between each electric. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's a little tough. Yeah, that's the thing about that combo for for people who listen to the show that only play Street Fighter is that. It's not a thing where you can just mash it out. You can't just mash out the the input, right? Uh, it's it's a just frame, but the way that you have to do it is you have to slightly delay the time because you need to move forward a certain distance before you do your your down down. For, it's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, the general input is forward, neutral, down, down, forward, and you press two at the exact same moment you press down forward along with the individual different dashes you need to do in between each electric it's it's kind of fucked up that's all i can say right because you can cancel your forward your forward movement with that initial forward press with the the down input so like that's the that's the the key here and this is what makes that combo so difficult but yeah it's a big flex whenever you get it all get it all out there this is this is uh how to do electrics uh, 101 this podcast so uh, <laughs> if you guys found this good uh, leave me a like favorite on youtube just from this video for uh, electrics thanks <laughs> <laughs> thanks be sure to like and subscribe uh not that it fucking means anything anyway <laughs> that's a show folks that's gonna do it that we're gonna wrap things up here but before we go again where can people send all the hate mail of this episode to on the internet Okay, so you can see me on Twitter at Marcus Spartacus, M-A-R-K-U-S-S-P-A-R-T-I-C-U-S. That's a mouthful. Uh, I stream on Twitch occasionally at Lana Del Make, L-A-N-A-D-E-L-M-A-E-K, and my Instagram is the exact same. There's also our Get Good FGC uh, website. Oh, shoot, I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. It's it's just getgoodfgc.com go to https colon backslash backslash getgoodfgc.com that's that's getgoodfgc.com it shows all of our events going on and our current uh ranking standings for tournaments so if you're curious on where we are as a group in utah compared to other people who are more famous than us yeah go ahead and give that a look Word. I'm for it. Yeah, definitely check out getgoodfgc.com if you're in the Utah, the Salt Lake City, Utah area or are visiting that area. That might be oh, yeah. good. Also, one real quick thing. We have Facebook. Um, check out 801 Utah FGC on Facebook if you are 
like you said, in the area or will be in the area for a little bit. We always have casuals. We're always down to host. Um, if you're ever interested in that, we are more than welcome to, and, and happy to, to have you. Cool. All right, folks, that is a show. Again, you can find me at SuperJoeMonday on Twitter.com or at RedditSF. Or just hop on our Street Fighter and hit me up, Joe underscore Monday. I'm there all the time. Message the mods if you got questions or whatever the fuck you need. I got you, fam. Uh, Other than that, catch this episode every Thursday. Don't forget about our weekly tournaments on Mondays and Fridays. That's East Coast on on Monday, West Coast on Friday. Check it out. Don't forget about the player sponsorships that are going on right now. We got Didi Mokov and Mike Tustronk slated to attend Combo Breaker here at the end of the month. Looking forward to that. Hopefully we can get all the funding. It's not all there yet, folks. So head on over and either donate directly, use the offer codes that are listed. Again, this is all sticky to the front page of our Street Fighter. Uh, or get some of the cool merch that's out there. I really like the jackets. It's not... It's summertime right now, but also it like snowed in Minnesota like today. Actually, so, like two days ago in Utah as well. So, I- <laughs> so consider that as combo breaker approaches, because uh, the varsity jackets are so, oh, they're so fucking good. Uh, but anyway, that's the show, folks. Catch us again on another episode of RSF Radio. But until then, take care.